Hello and welcome to TLC Barrels Podcast. I'm Tina Spangler and this week we are going to talk about common problems on the barrel pattern and competition and TLC solutions to fix them. Let me state up front that if your horse has a solid foundation and you've taken your time bringing them along after they have a solid dry work and drills and you've hauled them to get them used to sights and, and sounds and uh, they've exhibitioned smoothly and you start entering them without putting too much pressure on them. You have a happy horse that walks in the alleyway no problem and runs a pretty smooth pattern. These problems shouldn't arise. But occasionally you add more speed or a horse handles a pin different or maybe they become sore or you just haven't been doing your tune-ups correctly during the week. You start developing problems. One time, shake it off. Two times, you better start doing some tune-up at home or get the vet out, the chiropractor, massage therapist, the farrier, somebody, and rule out why. By the third time, you've got a habit. So we're always training our horses, good or bad. And I'd rather have three times of something good happening than three times of something bad. So we're going to start talking about shouldering and hitting barrels going in, okay? Shouldering and hitting barrels going in, some people call that anticipation. It can be caused by a couple of things. One, a rider looks at the barrel, sits down too soon, lifts their inside rein, and quits riding, takes their legs off. So the horse now, instead of riding up in the hole or riding straight to their spot, they've set up soon and started their turn too soon, and therefore they lose their spot going in and hit the barrel with their shoulder rather than getting their rate and their turn spot separated. Okay, and so the way that you do that is when you're practicing any of your drills um, on the pattern, whether you're walking or trotting the pattern, you wanna make sure that you're focused on what you're wanting from your horse. You only want two strides of rate and only two strides around each barrel. With that in mind, you want to make sure that you're looking and riding to your spot. Some horses going in your arc to first barrel, you may line up with third barrel or a little to the inside of it, start going up the middle of the arena. If it's a short score, you start heading to your arc sooner. If it's a long score, you'll start heading to your arc later. You'll go up the middle longer. But ultimately, everybody has a sweet spot for their arc. It depends a lot on the horse's stride, their style, their speed, um, but anywhere from 5 to 15 feet could be your arc, again, depending on the size, style, and stride. And then your pocket around the barrel could be 5-4-3 or 4-3-2 or 3-2-1. Again, depending on if you're riding a little caddy horse or the big bubba, you know, everything can vary. But no horse needs to be rating more than two strides out, and no horse needs bigger than five foot pocket because then you're gonna end up with three strides around the barrel. If you lose your pocket going in like a shouldering horse, you're gonna end up taking the pocket on the backside or the exit because you're out of position or you'll end up taking the barrel down. So that's why it's so important. You ride two hands to your arc and then from your transition area, the arc to spot one, the entrance of the turn, you may go to the horn, but you don't lift that rein up. You don't look inside. You ride the middle of your horse up into the hole. The hole is between spot one and spot two. The start of the turn, 
the entrance to the back side of the turn. That's your first stride around the barrel. Then you're looking, once you get to spot one, you look at spot two, when you get to spot two and you're going slow, look at spot three. Make sure you're riding shoulder and hip to each spot around the barrel. Then you'll look up for the next turn and you'll again look and ride to your spot one, the entrance. You'll sit for rate before the barrel, but you may not go to the horn till you get to the barrel. If you do go to the horn be before the barrel, that's fine, but don't pick up that rein. Keep your hands saying go straight. Keep your eyes and your body say go straight. Rate and turn are two different cues. Make sure you're clear on that. Um, some horses are just naughty and they cut you off. So when you sit down, don't go jello legs. Keep your legs on and ride that horse up in the hole. Ride that hindquarters around the barrel. And you may have to circle a barrel a couple of times on the horse that wants to anticipate and shoulder. An excellent drill for a horse that... Um, shoulders and anticipates would be doing all lefts, all rights. Get that anticipation out of them. Get them working around the entire barrel. So do two or three circles, all lefts, all rights. Keep them focused on you, not cutting you off or starting that turn too soon. Another fun drill is sit down at your rate spot, go into your normal three foot or four foot pocket, but then when you sit for rate, then step in your outside stirrup, pick up your inside hand and leg, and move them out laterally for an in and out. In and outs are very helpful for the horse that sees a barrel and drops in. It teaches them to see a barrel and move away. The only thing bad is you don't want the rider to start lifting and, and competition. Again, this is just a tune-up at a walk trot and maybe a slow lope. It's just a drill to tune your horse up. It's not something you're going to want to try to do in a competition run. In a competition run, you ride even and square up into the hole. But those are a couple drills that can really help with a horse that wants to shoulder or anticipate. Okay, Some horses, you don't want to rate two strides out. You may not rate them until your leg gets to the barrel at spot one. you got to know your horse. Okay, So that's important as well. Um, but remember, all horses need to be thinking easy and hurry out. If you're trying to whip and spur them into the hole, you're going to force them to drop on their front end even harder, and you're going to get thrown up over the withers, and again, you're not using that hindquarters like you need to. So that's a very important thing to consider um, when, you're, when you're working on a horse like that. Next, we're going to talk about no rate or strung out in your turns, but I'm going to take a quick break and come right back. All right, thank you for that. We're going to talk about no rate and strung out in the turns. A horse that has no rate is never going to have a tight turn. Some horses rate themselves naturally. Other horses need help with rate. The way that you would want to teach rate in your beginning um, or going back to basics is you walk to that barrel, sit, take your legs off, exhale, say whoa. If your horse does not rate where the two strides from the barrel, where the tracks cross, then you'll pick up your hands, add your body, voice, and leg, and back them up several steps. At that point, you can rub them. Make sure they stop square as well. You don't want that hip swinging. If it is, use your leg, outside leg in the back cinch and put that hip in. Um, now, as you circle around that barrel, make sure it's correct. If it is, go on to the next barrel. You may trot to the next barrel, sit down, say, whoa, two strides out. Again, if they stop with loose rein, off body and voice, 
pet them and relax there for 10 or 30 seconds. If they don't, immediately pick up your hands, add your voice, leg, and body, and back them up several steps with give and take pressure. And once you relax and they understand that woe and rate need to happen before the barrel, otherwise they have to back up. So you're trying to make the right thing easy, the wrong thing difficult. Um, they don't stop with a loose rein and voice, they have to back. They do stop, they get petted and rested. Then you start setting in this horse's mind that going to the barrel is to relax and breathe. Coming out of the barrel is where you run and have fun. So you do that around second as well. Keep them relaxed, walk around the barrel. If it takes several times to get them to relax, fine. And then trot or canter to the next barrel and stop and back them up. But again, don't go faster than a walk stop or a trot stop into a lope stop until they're doing the slower speed correctly, stopping off body and voice, okay? And some horses are such hotties, you may not even want a lope stop. You may stick with the walk stop, trot stop. So again, teaching rate is really important. If you've lost your brakes, do drills away from the pattern and work on maybe going to each corner of your pasture arena and having them stop on a, on a loose rein. If they don't, back them up. If they or do one rein stops and disengage the hindquarters. Each horse is different. They may respond one way or the other better. Those are all options for you, um, teaching that rate. So it, it's something that you want to make sure a horse is not strung out. So when you do go around the barrel, after you've got your rate, if they start speeding back up and get strung out, you need to get off the pattern and go back into a drill like maybe spirals or corkscrews that you're going from a large to a medium to a small circle and they're collecting naturally. That's what is a very important thing to make sure you've still got a horse that understands to collect. If they're getting pushy in the face, make sure they're breaking in the pole, that you have vertical flexion in the face, not just lateral, because vertical, it isn't just breaking in the pole, it's shortening the stride, it's collecting the stride, it's lifting the top line and getting that hindquarters underneath them. So again, if you lack rate or you're strung out in the turns, get back to basics, find some drills that'll get that woe back in your horse. It could be lope a circle, stop, roll back, go the other way. Lope a circle, stop, roll back, go the other way. Only stop and relax and pet when they stop on a loose rein. There's a variety of things that you can do for that type of horse. Um, we talked a little bit about alleyway issues in the last segment, so I won't spend much time on that. But there are several reasons that a horse becomes alley sour. One, rider nerves. Two, horses nerves. Three, they're sore. They could have ulcers. They could have sore feet, sore backs, sore hocks. Um, they could be overpressured. They could be uh, going too, uh, too soon, too often. Maybe they've only got a... Uh, education of an elementary kid, but you're putting them in college events before they're ready, or you're just going too hard all the time. Maybe you're practicing at home with speed. Go back to slow work, slow things down until you get it correct. If they're in pain, get them healthy and then come back and just gate them, score them, haul sometimes and don't enter, just gate, or maybe just go ride around and take them home. Take the pressure off them. Okay, so that's really important. Um, there's another Q&A that spends a lot more time on that. Um, over flexing and swinging the hindquarters. That's a big one. 
Some horses are super stiff and sticky and other horses are like rubbernecks. Um, the horse that wants to overbend their face usually doesn't soften their shoulder or rib and just swings their hindquarters. So this kind of horse, you're not going to want to have your hand off center. You're going to want your hand more on the center of your rein. You may be just using pinky pressure to guide them, but you're going to be using a lot of leg cues on this horse. Your focus needs to be on picking up that shoulder and moving that shoulder and rib out. As long as the shoulder and rib can stay out, your hip and pivot foot are going to stay in and under. But if you just get face and no shoulder, you are going to lose hip. So the rubber necker horse has two issues you've got to watch. Overflexing the face, not softening the shoulder and rib, or being strung out. So if you have a situation like that, get your hand on that center of the rein. Maybe even do one-handed drills. That's really hard for the rubbernecker. You may have to stay two-handed to keep that balance rein on them, but you don't want to get super dependent on that balance rein. But that horse, I would probably do a lot of spirals or corkscrews as well. Um, the D pattern is good for the rubbernecker because you come from a straight line into a circle. And again, you may have to use that two-handed balance rein. Again, the inside rein is the rein with slightly more pressure, maybe an inch up and back with give and take pressure, but you have slight contact on the outside rein. And also your outside leg is key. Your outside leg can straighten that shoulder up leaving by the front cinch of your circles. It can be in the back cinch to help keep that hip engaged. But once again, if you just get face without shoulder, you will have a rubber necking, butt swinging horse on your hands. So keep an eye on that. Um, again, fix it at a walk before you go to a trot or a lope. That's really, really important. Um, and again, just work on perfect circles. Figure eights would be a really good one for that because you go from a straight line into a right circle or a straight line into a left circle. So try that. Um, that's a good idea. Ducking off or breaking pattern. This one I would first rule out pain. It could be saddle fit. Um, it could be a lot of reasons. Dental issues. Sometimes it happens just once. Maybe they got overexposed. Um, Maybe there were monkeys riding horses at the rodeo. Maybe personal experience, that one. I'll have to tell you one day. Um, another one could be depth perception. Maybe you've got a white barrel on a white fence and they just couldn't anticipate the depth between the barrel and the fence, so they ducked. Um, but generally, you want to evaluate them chiropractically and with a vet and seek pain or saddle fit first. Um, secondly, I would look at my riding cues and my pictures and my videos. Did I cause it? Did I anticipate it? Did I cue them to turn too soon? Some horses, you can't touch their head or they will literally turn too soon. I had a horse that I'd have to stay on my outside rein until I was on the back side of the barrel or she was turning. So know your horse. Um, that can be a big deal as well. Um, some horses really need you to stay two hands up in the hole and keep your weight in that outside stirrup. That's very important. So on the ducking horse, you're going to have to go back to basics and probably exhibition for a while and get their confidence back. And, um, you know, maybe get some more buttons on them. Go, go back to the training pin. Um, that's a tough one. The next one I want to talk to about um, is hitting barrels leaving. That's a good one. But I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll come right back. Okay, so we're going to talk about hitting barrels leaving. 
that horse is often accused of working too hard. That horse is really just working and people don't call them cheaters like they do the one that hits a barrel going in. But hitting a barrel leaving, um, that horse can be more of a rollbacky style instead of keeping four-wheel drive. So that horse, you're going to want to go back and really work on your four-wheel drive. Get that stiff, sticky rollback out of them and get flex and fluidity back into them. Uh, so that's really important that you have to really pay attention from spot two to spot three, the backside to the exit. You've got to keep that fluid motion. So on a horse that catches leaving, most girls are saying whoa or here for rate or turn in a turn on a on a most horses but on a horse that hits leaving you're going to be putting your legs on that horse and driving from the backside to the exit your reins going to be up to the ears and you may be smooching at that horse to get that one extra step from the backside to the exit so they don't catch and that's super important um, drills that you can do at home to help with that is all lefts all rights um, that's really good because it gets them thinking about keeping the same size pocket all the way around the barrel and not just trying to get in and get out like it's a skinny pole bending pole and not a fat barrel. So um, funnel barrels would be good. You can set up three sets of barrels starting from maybe 60 foot going out to 100 feet, 60, 80, 100. And um, that keeps them doing figure eights. You can do um, them in funnels straight or you can do them in figure eights. Um, but anything that has a barrel but also gets them on your, your focus and not on the pattern uh, is a good way to break that up. Um, you want to make sure you're not picking their hand up in that turn. You want to make sure you're keeping your legs on them or smooching at them. Um, you know, watch your yourself as well. The stiffness and the rollbackies got to stop. So um, you definitely need to work on getting that fluidity and forward motion. So that's another one. Um, single barrel is good for that. You go from a big circle into a, a maybe a 10 foot circle around the barrel. Uh, go from 100 feet to 10 feet around the barrel. That's a good one. So finally, I'm going to talk about no fire or no run between the barrels. Um, there's still several more I'd like to talk about, like no woe going home or slicing a barrel and blowing out like that happens on third barrel. Um, perfecting your timing and competitive runs and also uh, shaving off that last half second from the 1D or 2D to the 1D. Um, but but we'll save that for another segment. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about um, no fire or run between the barrels. Now, mind you, in Florida, it's really hot summertime right now. You're not going to want to do a lot of sprinting on your horses. Um, but in Colorado, we'd go outdoor pins in the summer and we'd go indoor buildings in the winter and the horses could sometimes lose their fire. So a really good drill to keep them wanting to run is just get yourself in an arena and after a good warm up and you know your horse is ready and warmed up lope the short sides of the arena and sprint the length of the arena and just let them put some fun in the run again um you know it makes it where they just go off of a light cue you know no kicking no whipping just reins forward and pull up on that horn and smooch and just be careful you know they could trip or you could lose your reins or whatever or they may have so much fun they start bucking a little so um, always be careful when you open a horse wide open um, again they are horses and you just never know but um, you could do it out in a field too but check your ground walk your ground before you sprint it and make sure there's no holes 
um, from ants or gophers or whatever. And um, another way to get that fire, if they're shutting down between first and second, not necessarily running home or whatever, would be to, to walk fence to fence and don't even turn a barrel. Just get their nose literally fence to fence and stop and roll back and then trot fence to fence, stop and roll back and then lope fence to fence and then stop, roll back. Maybe even sprint fence to fence. Don't shut them into the ground really hard. Let them start slowing down earlier, but it takes that turnout and just kind of frees them up from wall to wall. Um, if you're running little pins and they're, you know, more free in the outdoor pins that'd take out some of that scotchiness. So Anyways, that's about a 20-minute podcast, so I'm going to stop there, but I want to um, give you some some common things that may come up, and again, you always want to rule out pain. A good horse doesn't start behaving badly unless something's wrong, and it could be, you know, tack. It could be something with their maintenance, um, you know, just always evaluate that. And when you know it's could just be rider cue or something's missing in your training, get back to that tune-up pin. And those are some tips to help you out. So thank you. And remember, always ride with heart.